Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you. Would you give a warm welcome to our Appleton campus, Brookfield campus, Germantown campus, Milwaukee campus online? Wherever you are joining us from today, we are excited to have you. We're one church, multiple locations, and this is a great weekend. I love this weekend. This is that Miracle Offering weekend. We're doing a little bit earlier this year because it kind of gives you a little bit of time. And man, it feels like everything's in overdrive. Like it was nine degrees when I got up this morning. No, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'm just saying, but I like Christmas because this is, this is the week that I began to eat. Anybody else? Oh, yes. Begin to eat my way from here all the way until, you know, tis the season. Fa la 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 la, right? Spanx is a wonderful thing, folks. You just put it on. You get home, you take it off, it just pops like a can of biscuits. I'm just telling you, it just works. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it, if you, especially if you get bored today. But anyhow, so um, anyhow, but it, we just, it's just a great time of the year and uh, the snow and all that. Uh, last weekend, I had a chance to do something I get to do once a year with my dad. Um, and that is go to, uh, I grew up in Arkansas, so I, I'm still an Arkansas Razorback fan. I know, don't give me any grief over it. Very heartbroken. Uh, they lost to Liberty University. And if you go, who is Liberty University? That's the point. And so, um, but this last weekend they were playing LSU. And so my dad and I had tickets from way back when. Uh, every year he and I go to a football game together. It's just one of the things that we do. And so it was great to see my folks. Uh, it was great to eat catfish and hush puppies and eat my weight in that. And if you don't know what that is, you can Google that too. Uh, and so no, we're not talking about the shoe either. So anyhow, but uh, good times and, and all of that. And then last weekend was at a church helping them raise money for missions. And, uh, and so because I was there in Arkansas and then back here again, and I'm delighted to be here. And I hope you'll be with us next weekend. I'll be here. We'll be starting a brand new series uh, for this uh, Life at the Movies. And Christmas at the Movies is what we're calling it. And so it's great family Christmas movies, but it's kind of bringing that, bending that message back towards the cross. And if you know me at all, we're not going to be light on any of that stuff. Uh, I'm just, I am filtering my thoughts right now. So anyhow, it's going to be a great time, a great, great, a great, great, great series. Today, Miracle Offering. I love today. I love today. I love today. I love today. Because we have a chance this, today to kind of what I'd say, get over the finish line. So we present every January to you as a church, all campuses, here's what God's put in our hearts to do, here are the opportunities, and we give you a full catalog and a book of all the things that we're doing and where we feel like the emphasis is and where we really feel like God is, is leading us to do. And again, it's about generosity. So uh, we say here that obedience is, the, the Bible says to bring the tithe into the storehouse, 10% of our income. And again, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but just give me a moment. And that's about obedience to God's word. And you are incredibly obedient. No, no, no questions. You're incredibly generous. But generosity kind of begins at that 11%. Because the Bible says that we know all of it's the Lord's, but we are to honor him with that first 10%. And the other 90%, God says, whatever you choose to do, if you want to buy baseball cards and bubble gum, that's your business, right? But that first 10% belongs to the Lord. And then the rest of that other 90, God will bless that greater than the 100 uh, and that you, that you have, and he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you so great you don't have room enough to contain it. And so with that, we just say, God, what do you want us to do as a congregation together? And my responsibility is not to give you to get you to give. My responsibility is not to try to go, hey, you know, there's gold in them, there are pews, and I'm just going to mine it out of you today. 
My responsibility is just sim simply to show you what God's word says and give you opportunities. Because quite frankly, what we're talking about today and what greater is all about, that above and beyond, that's between you and the Lord. That's a private deal between you and God. And so we're basically at a point where today, you're today, we are a million dollars in and giving away, which is amazing because this money doesn't stay here. This money goes around the corner, around the world. It's, tr it's truly about kingdom expansion. And, and, and it's truly about investing in the next generation. It's truly about going into the highways and the byways and compelling them to come in. It's truly about doing what Jesus says, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's really what this is about. And so I want to today give you an opportunity as we conclude this series on Palms Up. And I want to talk about uh, how do I honor God with my treasure? We've talked about week one, how do we honor God with our time? Last week, we talked about how do we honor God with our talent? I want to talk about how do you honor God with your treasure? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 621. I'm going to get there in just a minute. Matthew 621. I'm going to be hitting several different passages of scripture today. But when we talk about this miracle offering, we talk about above and beyond. We talk about greater. The first thing I want to say when I'm honoring God with my treasure is that God doesn't need your money, but he does want your heart. God doesn't need your money, but he does want your heart. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is Jesus speaking. Where your treasure is, wherever your treasure is, wherever your resources are, whatever you invest in with your time, your talent, and your treasure, wherever your money is, whatever you put your money into, that's where your heart will be also. The reverse would be true of that too. If your treasure isn't in it, then your heart isn't in it either. And, and this becomes a real gut check for all of us. Because it's the question of where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my money? Where do I spend my resources? I mean, think about it. We have plans for saving for our kids' college. We have plans, hopefully, to get the kids out of the house. Amen? We have plans for, for, for a retirement. We have plans for savings for maybe a down payment on a house or a condo. We, we, we have plans to, to do. We have plans to save for this or plans to save for a vacation or plans to spend here. But do you ever sit around whether if you're single, just yourself, or in a, 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 as a married couple, sit there and go, okay, what is our strategy for giving for kingdom impact? What do we want to do? You know, I heard a guy say about a, about a year ago, he talked about challenging the congregation. He said, some people have what Romans chapter 12 talks about, the gift of giving. I didn't come up with this. This is what Paul talks about. Just read it. It's right there. And it's people, individuals, who you have the ability to acquire wealth. It's just it, money almost follows you. you. You can start a business and it just works. You can start something new, some new enterprise, some new, new uh, branch of your business, and it just works. And so there's something about it. You just have this gift. And he said, I began to challenge my members of the congregation that had that gift. What, what, if, you, what if you had a goal to give away a million dollars for missions? Just completely invest it for kingdom impact. Because we know the only two things that are eternal are people and God's word. That's it. Everything else, everything else does, everything else will pass away. But people, that's you, your family, and God's word. That's only two things. And, and when I heard that, I thought, boy, that's pretty stout. Almost somewhat like, wow, like that, that separates a lot of people. And then I got to thinking, but what if over a lifetime you had a strategy to say, I want to give X, Y, Z. It's just your private. 
I'm not talking about that today. I'm not asking you to sign a commitment card. There's no cards to sign today, so please don't, don't worry about that. And I thought, wow, what a great kingdom goal. How much over my lifetime could I give to missions? Could I give to the work of God? Could I give to people coming to faith in Jesus around the corner, around the world? Because I, I sit down with a financial planner to plan, plan my retirement. I, I make sure I invest in my Roth IRA. I, I put things back in a 403B, which is basically it's a not-for-profit 401k program. I, I, I do these things. I make sure that my wife is taken care of. So if something were to happen to me, uh, you know, that, that like there's life insurance and there's things. I mean, I plan for all of these things and I check all these things and I have regular conversations about all these things. But do I sit down and go, God, what is it that you want with the treasure that you've given me? Where's the kingdom investment? Where is that? See, generosity is not a money issue. It's a heart issue. This is what I want you to catch. This is not about money. It's not about dollars and cents. Because the kingdom of economics, the way Jesus describes it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, he says, if you, if whatever you give away, you eventually will keep. And whatever you hold on to with that death grip is what you'll eventually lose. That's the way the kingdom works. It's kind of like the laws of the jungle. It's kind of like how you tell your kids, hey, this is just how the world works. Jesus is saying, this is how the kingdom of God works. If, if you're trying to hoard it up and save it up and barns and bigger barns and just me, 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 and I, me, and my, and I'm just gonna protect myself and protect myself, what you have that hold on to, you will eventually lose. But what you give away, that's what you're really gonna keep. Again, it's counterintuitive. These aren't my words, these are God's words, but God doesn't need our money. It's a heart issue. It has nothing to do with dollars and cents. It has to do with the heart. Secondly, it all belongs to God anyhow. It all belongs to God anyhow. When you talk about a, a biblical view of your resources, it all belongs to God anyhow. Now, I know we say, hey, we honor God with the first 10% because it, it's his. And the other 90% we can do with what we choose. And that's true. But when you get down to it, it all belongs to the Lord. I mean, think about this. Um, I was talking to, I actually had a conversation this week with a, with a friend who uh, was born and raised in India. Uh, India is 1.3 billion people on the planet. And, um, and right now there is a lot of persecution that's going on with the church in India. I mean, they, the government is tamping down on everything. And any outside money getting into the country, there are, you have to be very... Uh, very wise with how you get that money in. You can't just give money the way that you used to be able to give money in. And so there's, this, there's especially anything that's doing with anything with Christianity. And he said, here's the thing. He said, I, I live in Atlanta. I'm blessed. Uh, I've accomplished a lot in my life. And, uh, and he said, and you know, why me? Why am I here? I could just as easy be there and not have what I have. And when you sit back and you stop for a moment, you just look at your life and just go, God's been good. I'm just telling you guys, this is how I view it. I, I'm just not that smart. <laughs> I'm not that smart. I know I established this morning I'm from Arkansas, so I'm happy to have a full set of teeth and a pair of shoes. Amen? <laughs> but the truth of the matter is I'm just, I'm very much, I, I, I can't strategically master plan this. God put his super onto my natural a long time ago. And so every day I get up, I say, thank you, God, that I have a strong mind and I have a healthy body. Thank you, Lord, today that you've given me the ability to be able to love my wife, love my kids, that you've graced me. I'm not perfect. 
but that you've opened up the windows of heaven, you poured out a blessing upon me. And I know to whom much is given, much is required, but I just want to say thank you. And God, I know that in and of myself, I don't have the ability. In and of myself, I am a very wretched man. In and of myself, I am a very jacked up individual. But because of you, because of your grace and because of your mercy, Psalm 24 verse 1 says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. When we come to the understanding that it's all his, that he owns it all, as Daniel will write, God's words will say that that God basically holds the kings and the powers of this world in his hand and he gives them to whomever he wishes. God is sovereign. There is none beside him. There There is none above him. There's only us below him. And most people, you know, I, I, th- I say this a lot of times, there's nothing wrong with having things, there's something wrong with things have us. I heard another preacher say, most people aren't possessed by demons, but they're possessed by possessions. That's a lot of truth. We, we get controlled by the things that we have make our monthly payments on and we, we, we decide that we need this new and this, that, or whatever. And the ironic thing, even when I'm talking about today, you can kind of feel people tightening up when you talk about money. Just breathe. Don't hold it in too long or you'll pass out. You just feel it. On the money that we're talking about you giving is the word in God we trust. How ironic is it that we have such a difficult time giving that thing that declares it's the Lord's anyhow just a sobering thought. Again, God's not looking for your money. It's a heart issue. If God truly owns a world and everything in it, then God has no problem getting it to you. The question is, can he get it through you? And this is where it's, where the Bible talks about being more blessed to give than it is to receive. And again, we're not taking an offering for, this isn't pastor appreciation. This isn't, let's buy Aaron a new truck. If you want to, I'm open to that, but I'm just saying, I'm not asking for that. No, I'm just saying, this is not anything about, this is about kingdom. This is about around the corner, around the world. This is about, this, is a, this isn't even my business. I, please, what you do today or at any time, that's your business. It's not my business. But it all belongs to God anyhow. And I even think these are things that I've, Tammy and I have endeavored to raise our daughters to understand. Because again, I want to pass this on. Third statement I want to make today, and I'm, I'm going to land the plane, is that true joy is found in giving. True joy is found in giving. This is one of the great things that if I could, when it comes to resources and money, if I could get to you as a pastor to understand, would be this, that if you really want joy in your life, man, begin to give. Hold things loosely, palms up. That's the reason why we titled this series that. Job says, God gives and God takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. God, it's all yours. My life is yours, my kids are yours, my family's yours, my marriage is yours, my resources are yours, uh, my, my, my truck is yours, that bass boat is yours, that gun that just shot a deer yesterday, I ain't just saying, man, it's yours, whatever it may be that it is, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, 18, and 19 says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but upon God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Not everything to worship, not everything, don't get get over spiritually, everything to enjoy. 
They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future. He's referring to what Jesus said, what we just read earlier. So that they may take hold of that which is truly life. See, money can't buy joy, but generosity can. That generous spirit is what gives you joy. Because what happens is all of a sudden, when you begin to give things away, the enemy of your soul says, no, more, more, more. It's greed, the monster of more. But the word of God says, no, give, give, give. Why? Because it breaks the greed. It breaks materialism. It breaks an obsession with things and wealth and whatever. It breaks all of that stuff off and it's giving it away. And in doing so, you become more like the Lord. You become more like God, the father. How do you say that, Aaron? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave And he just didn't give a dollar amount. He didn't write a check. He gave his one and his only son. He did what he never asked us to do. He did. That's the generosity of the father. Therefore, when I'm giving and I'm operating in generosity, I'm more like the Lord than any other time. So the enemy of my soul says, no, 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 keep it, keep it, keep it. The enemy of my soul says, no, it's this possession, that possession. If you drive this car, you'll be happy. If you live in this neighborhood, you'll be happy. If you buy this ring, you'll be happy. If you have this timepiece, you'll be happy. If you have a vacation home here, you'll be happy. And it's all of these things, knowing that he's lying to you the entire time, but he just gets you all tied up in knots over these things. Instead... God says, no, give, 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 give. And when you do, I will bless, 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 bless. And these aren't my words. These are his words. Because Psalm says, whoever refreshes others themselves will be refreshed. And the giving back is not more money. Could be. But the giving back is this peace that passes understanding. The giving back is this joy that I'm going to operate with generosity. The giving back is, is it's not about me. It's about the giving back is that easy yoke and that light burden. Some of you carry around all this stuff. It's like you've got Jesus, but you've got this full suitcase full of all this junk that you just carry around. And you go, why is this so laborious? Because you don't do it the way the father does. You, you, you ask God to forgive you your sins. You ask God, but at the end of the day, you just kind of keep carrying this stuff along. And the truth of the matter is that the true joy is found in giving. Acts chapter 20, verse 35 says, it's blessed, more blessed to give than it is to receive. You see, Giving kind of goes this way. You first, I have to give. God's word says, and this is what I do. Just sheer obedience. Okay. But after you go through the discipline of that, there becomes a certain amount of delight that comes. And then you begin to love to give. Because you see that it works. You see that God does bless. You see that God does that there is more joy in giving than there is in receiving. You find that you don't have happiness, which is based upon happenings and circumstances, but you have joy, which is not based upon anything earthly, but something that's eternal. It's a fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And then you get to a place where you live to give. That's when you sit down with your spouse. That's when you sit down with your kids and you go, how do we give this away? How do we give this away? I, mean, I just read an article, uh, the gentleman who owns Hobby Lobby, he's, on, uh, he's in the top 100 Forbes richest people in America. We'll give it all away because he doesn't want his kids and his grandkids to be tainted with wealth. Worth about $8 billion. Giving it all away. Why? 
Because he knows that God gave it to him for a reason and a purpose, not for himself and for his family, but for others. He lives to give. And I've had the opportunity of meeting a lot of wealthy people in my lifetime, and very few of them are happy. Because somewhere along the line, somebody told them, if you have more, if you have this, if you have that. But the Greens, I've met. And they're some of the most delightful, wonderful, happy people because they've got true joy because they realize the reason why they have what they have is not for themselves. It's to give for kingdom advancement. Opportunity today. So I land the plane and close this, this message. I want to talk about an opportunity for you to be able to give in the miracle offering. And by opportunity, I, I truly mean that. This is your choice. This is your decision. We're, we're again, we're, our goal this year is 1.5 million in giving. We did 1.3 million approximately last year. So 1.5 this year. We don't have to do everything that I'm talking about, but these are the things that get us across the line. These are the projects that we're trying to finish. And we're going to operate at the speed of your generosity, which means this, if, if only... $250,000 comes in between now and the end of the year with this miracle offering, with this last push, then we'll give away $250,000. If $500,000 comes in, then we'll give away the other $500,000 on these projects. Well, pastor, what happens if a million dollars comes in? I'm so glad you asked that question because you think, again, you're so generous. Then we've got other projects that are in the queue. Matter of fact, in January, Pastor Ryan and I go to kind of an undisclosed place that we're gonna meet with missionaries uh, in the Middle East that are ministering in the Middle East and we're gonna be going to meet with them to hear what's happening with church planting. Do you realize that the Church of Jesus Christ is growing at a rapid pace, a more rapid pace in communist, not excuse me communist, in persecuted Christian persecuted countries that if I said the names you would know because they're a hotbed for all kinds of crazy extremist activity. More people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ, more people are being baptized, more life change is happening than is happening in our hemisphere of the world. And, and so again, we've got all types of great opportunities. We're gonna be sharing some of that stuff with you next year, but we're not there yet, we're still here. So today, a million dollars. Here's a couple of the projects that we have uh, that I believe have eternal significance when we talk about treasure in heaven. First of all is Global University. We've got about $75,000 left that we want to be able to invest. This is the training of pastors in, in persecuted countries. They don't just operate in persecuted countries, but the countries that we partner with are in persecuted countries. And so these are places where it's not open. So again, India right now is very difficult, but, but the greatest church planning movement that we know since Acts chapter one, Acts chapter two is taking place right now in India with house churches. Uh, in Cuba, again, our brothers and sisters there, we're, we're, we're investing in, in, in those pastors. And in the Middle East, the, the, what I just referred to earlier, those things are happening. Again, 75,000, it basically pays for the education for these individuals and how we're able to minister to them. And they basically are leading local church. I believe the local church is the hope of the world. And so we as a church, we heavily invest in any ministry that supports a local church in an international context context that's reaching people far away from God. The second thing is Life Center in Milwaukee. 
And uh, there's $75,000 right now that we've got slated for, for, for being able to complete a few things. We, we're serving currently right now. So those of you at the Milwaukee campus, the campus that you're actually in, there are 300 families every month that are coming through our food pantry. Uh, and so right now, we, this is what we're currently doing. I'm just letting you know, we have a goal. I want to feed, I want to do a million meals next year. And that's crazy and it's audacious, but we're working, how do we get the space? How do we, we're trying to procure the food. Uh, we're actually trying to work with the source because some of the sources that you get from government, uh, uh, government agencies, they restrict you. You can't pray with people. You can't invite them to church. You can't do that. We're going to give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. We're not just going to give a cup of cold water. That's humanitarian aid. True compassion is, is done in the name of the Lord. So we're going to do that minister, but currently right now, 300 families, there are 34 children that are enrolled in our after-school program. So it's costing us around $5,000 a week to operate what we're doing currently. And again, so your giving actually pays for that. And I just want to give a big shout out to Dr. Bob Ona and to and Teresa Melby for all of their leadership and work this past year at Life Center. It is, we are literally running out of space, which is a great problem to have. Amen. I'm not buying a building yet, but yeah, Amen. Next is Project Rescue, $20,000. This is rescuing and restoring women who have been trafficked. And this is all throughout the world. And so we are partnering with Project Rescue in order to do that. And so that's literally going in and buying brothels in some cases. That's buying housing uh, for, for women who have been trafficked and putting them in, in undisclosed locations in order to help them. That's even helping them get their own identity back and being able to work with the government because many of these women have been, have lost. They don't know where, they know where they're from, but they have no way to prove. And so they need legal representation in the country in which they're in in order to do that. And then also women's empowerment, which is micro business and enterprise to be able to help them have a, have a business, to be able to have a self-sustaining life. So it's not just, hey, be warm and well-blessed. The Bible says, be careful when you do that. I'll pray for you. Be careful. When you have the ability to help someone and that's all you say, woe to you, the book of James says. No, no, we're going to step in and we're going to partner with Project Rescue and we have been and we're going to continue to, but this is, this is one of those things to minister in that area. Priority one. Priority one is about is about uh, building Bible colleges uh, basically throughout the world. And so I presented in March uh, an opportunity for us to build a dormitory, which is $160,000. This was in um, India, and, or is in India, in Nagaland, in northern India. And so this was with Hulda Buntain. Uh, and, and, and so we, you so generously gave $135,000. So we, we need twenty five thousand dollars left to finish this project and so that's where the twenty-five thousand comes from we want to get this building that they have put together uh, across the line they have not built it yet they're in the process of building it but this is another one of the dormitories that are on the ground this is what's needed uh here for for uh for this bible college and last but not least is convoy of hope so thirty-five thousand uh, dollars we're we're wanting just to give relief effort money especially in florida and these that are hard hit in this hurricane region uh and so um we, we're, we're, we're working in that direction. And so this is where this is money is going to go towards is to be able to help uh, continue to resource Convoy of Hope. Again, you've given to One Day to Feed the World, but this is the last little bit that we want to be able to try to get this next year. Again, we don't get it. We don't give it. We get it. We give it. That's just that simple. And actually, we've contacted Convoy of Hope. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be rolling out a plan for anyone who'd like to be trained in disaster response. You, we, will, we will train you through Convoy of Hope. We'll, we'll, you'll receive training so that when there is a tornado, when there is a hurricane, when there's a natural disaster, you'll be able to, if you'd like to, be able to go. It'll be a quick moment's notice, be able to go, drive, get there, and, and have all of the credentials 
credentials to be able to get into those areas that only, only basically agencies like Convoy of Hope uh, are able to get into to be able to go in and do the disaster response work to help people immediately. So we're going to raise up a whole level of volunteers that we can use here, but we can also use throughout the United States, potentially even throughout the world, but predominantly throughout the United States to be able to help with disaster relief and response. And so that's going to be coming up in the next several weeks, more details to follow. So the question today is this, God, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? If you just indulge me just for a minute. As a pastor, I know that for some of you, 2022 has been a very difficult year financially. I would encourage you just to do something. That may be $5. And you go, Aaron, what is $5? How, what does that mean in the scope of, of a half million bucks? Like it doesn't even, it's not even a drop in the bucket. When you think like that, you're letting the enemy control your thinking when it comes to your finances. That's a stout statement. Yeah, but let me say that again. When you think like that, that my giving is so insignificant that it doesn't make a difference. It's never about the amount. Please hear me. It's not about the amount. Remember the woman who just, who was the widow who put two mites in? In the, in the plate, in the synagogue. And Jesus stopped all the disciples. Did you see that woman? Did you see what she just gave? And they're like, yeah, what's the big deal? You can't even do anything with that. He said, yeah, but what she's given, all these other big fat cats, they've given some, but she gave everything. See, the amount is not what's important. The amount is between you and the Lord. If, if God asks you to do more, then, then be responsive to that. But I would encourage everyone to do something. Even if you're not prepared today and you say, you know, there's going to be an opportunity to be able to say, hey, man, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be able to do X, Y, Z. Again, that's between you and the Lord, but to do something. Why? Because when we celebrate this, you're able to celebrate this win as a church. Secondly, this is kingdom. So the blessings, we all are blessed. Our church, you, it's this generous spirit. And we just break down that whole, I got to have this, that, 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 that we, we, basically live our lives palms up. So I would say to everybody, everybody can do something. Do whatever that is. God honors participation more than he honors amount. It's over and over and over in scripture. Secondly, some of you have the ability to do something that would, I would say is sizable because God's really blessed you in 2022. Yeah, there may be inflation and whatever, but you've done well. And maybe it's 500, maybe it's 1,000, maybe it's $5,000. I I don't know what it is, but you're able to say above and beyond what you've been doing regularly for greater, you're able to do that. I'd encourage you. I I would challenge you. Even if you need to have a sit down conversation with your family and just say, "What, what is it that God wants us to do? And I would encourage you on giving like this, talk to your kids about this. Don't let this just be something between you and your spouse. Sit down and talk to your kids and explain to them because you're teaching them. This is the reason why we do what we do in kids ministry and youth ministry with missions giving is because we're not trying to raise fundraisers. We want to raise a heart for missions. We want to raise a heart for generosity. We want to raise a heart of kindness. And a few of you, you've got that, you're in that legacy category. You've got that Romans 12, that gift of giving. And you have more resources than you're ever gonna be able to spend in this earth. I wanna challenge you today. I wanna challenge you today about helping us get across the line on these projects. Because again, that money doesn't stay here. It all goes to these projects. I also wanna challenge you 
Maybe when I said that about a dollar amount of what could you do in your lifetime in missions, maybe that, that just kind of went, oh, I've never thought about that. What would that amount be? That's between you and the Lord. Maybe it's your family. Maybe your family you have a family business. Maybe it's what you're doing. I, I don't know. It's, that's not my business. I'm just simply saying, I want to challenge you. Maybe you say, man, I'm going to do 100000 or 150000 or a quarter of a million dollars. Again, none of this money stays here. And some people go, that's crazy. We had a conversation in the board meeting about a year ago. And one of the board members said to me, I won't say his name, but he said, you know, when you first said, we're going to give a million dollars away to missions so many years ago, I thought you were crazy. And I just smiled. He said, seriously. I said, no, no, I get it. He said, I was just like, I've never been at a church like that. And I'm like, well, how are we going to do that? And he said, and then when we did it, it was like, oh my goodness. Listen to me. There will be a day where we will give millions of dollars in a year to missions. There will be a day when our operating budget and what we give away will be as great as what God brings into here to operate. Because it's not about buildings, folks. It's not about steeples and stained glass. It's not about, it's about people. It's about the fact that all of these projects go to minister to people in the name of Jesus and a, and a desire to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. That's what it is. It's not about money. It's not about us. It's about him. And so I just want to encourage you to even just think in those, those dimensions. Whatever you do, it's going to be great. Are you worried, Aaron? Nope. I got up early this morning. I said, Lord, I love today. Because it's an opportunity to talk about what God's doing and the opportunity we have to partner with him. And I believe this. My job is to simply present you with the opportunities. It's his job to speak to your heart and your job to respond. You don't owe anything to me. I'm just the messenger. But I do want to say thank you for your generosity that you've already displayed this year. I want to say thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. I want to say thank you for living life palms up with your time and your talent and your treasure. I want to pray for you right now before the campus pastors come and receive this offering. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. Thank you today, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to be here. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to preach your word. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to stand in front of such a wonderful congregation of people. The Appleton campus with Dan and Kristen and their leadership. The Brookfield campus with Dylan and Tori and their leadership. The Milwaukee campus with Robert and Latrice and their leadership. Here's the Germantown campus with Ryan and Amanda and their leadership. And our online campus. Lord, I just thank you for this church that you are building. And the body of Christ that you're growing here in Wisconsin. And God, today as we, we ask you, Lord, speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. What should I do? What should my part be? I'm not worried about anybody else to the left of me or the right of me or another campus. I'm not worried about someone who has more or who has less. It's what, what I have and Lord, what you're asking of me to do. And Lord, I pray, let us humble ourselves and simply ask that question. And in doing so, Lord, speak to our hearts and let us be obedient. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.